You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about rewriting your work story. This week, we read Rewriting Your Internal Dialogue at Work, published in Psychology Today, February 2022. Heather, the first step to rewriting your work story is noticing automatic thoughts. So do you think that you've come across this for yourself or supervisees? I think both. I think throughout my time as a counselor, I've caught myself doing some of that automatic thinking. And I think also it's very prevalent for supervisees that are still learning and in the process mm-hmm. of changing and finding those patterns that we fall into pretty quickly without maybe necessarily being aware. Yeah. Well, you know, at first I was thinking more about my experiences and rewriting those, but I can definitely imagine or come up with some of the situations where my supervisees have had this, like the beginning of COVID. Right. And everybody who was finishing school at that time, and I had new supervisees who really imagined or pictured for themselves some kind of office situation. Right. Like being and and buying the things that make your office pretty. Yeah, yeah, right. Or even having business cards. Mm -hmm. There's no need for business cards when no one will touch your hand. Right. Like rethinking that. Mm -hmm. Like I had a lot of supervisees that were really disappointed that there would be no armchair, Mm -hmm. cute picture on the wall room for them. And connecting with their clients was going to be different. Mm-hmm. How they maybe got clients was going to be right. different. Interviewing for a job. Right. Right. All of those steps, they maybe needed to rethink or rewrite mm-hmm. that story for themselves. So identifying what some of those automatic thoughts were. Right. I do think I did that with supervisees, noticing, helping them to notice that they were feeling disappointed. Right. Or discouraged. Right. Because it wasn't what they imagined. Right. I've done a lot of work with supervisees and that whole balance of like your personal lifestyle, family lifestyle and balancing your work lifestyle, because sometimes, especially like having great opportunities come your way, you're going to get 30 hours a week now and you're going to do this thing, but maybe work for your family or maybe things that you need to be taken care of have to change or you need to divide up responsibilities at home differently or do different things because of what has now happened. So you're You're redefining what your role is or how much time you're willing to dedicate. Right. So maybe related to automatic thoughts, that the way that your house has always worked. It's not. Or maybe just how it's worked in the last handful Mm -hmm. of years, that could be changing. Right. I think, too, what about automatic thoughts related to how a person imagines what a counselor's lifestyle is like? I think that's really connected Mm -hmm. to what you're Mm -hmm. saying, like the roles in the family, but also... If they've envisioned that, you know, some Freud-like cartoon character. It's not going to work out that way. It doesn't always look like that. Yeah. Right. Or maybe they do think, I just got a master's degree. Okay. Man, I'm going to make good money and I'm going to be, and that's not always the case either. Yeah. Especially starting out, you're not going to have the same type of idea of what's presented in your brain and what you went to school for and thought you were doing the entire time. Oh, yes. I mean, Seems like you and I in this conversation, we keep like going backward. backward further, backward, further. Right? Like, oh, man, there are so many a- automatic thoughts that can really derail 
how you feel about work and your work life. Right. How do you think schools could help students prepare in this way? I think there needs to be a lot more development of who that counselor wants to be or what their ideas, expectations are Mm -hmm. when they're in school, because you don't know. But maybe it's more exposure. Maybe it's having more exposure at the get-go, like at the very beginning. I know we Mm -hmm. do a lot of that, like, at towards the end of school, a lot of like, oh, you go visit, you know, a clinic or you go do different things. But like having that earlier on, talking more about how in our field, there are so many different avenues that none of them look the same. Mm -hmm. So what are they really wanting? Are they... I think that's hard for for counseling programs, counseling education programs mm-hmm. that they already have so many things they're trying to pack right. in to even still a long right. program, but they're still trying to pack a lot of stuff in. I knew they do often have those assignments like you're talking about, like interview a counselor mm-hmm. or go visit a counselor's office or something like right. that. That all rings true. Even sometimes more basic steps like right now I'm teaching a class. And a lot of these students believe that their job is to give advice. Mm. They're just getting right. They, put that out. Right. Like, <laughs> like, what does that makes me think of? I just said a cartoon character therapist, kind of like a Lucy oh, from Charlie yeah. Brown. Uh-huh. Like five okay. cents advice. Right. They think they're there to to dole out advice. And I'm like, no, mm. counselors hard for you. Give yeah. a lot of advice. So, well, all kinds of automatic thoughts that could leave us feeling really dissatisfied with right. work. Okay, so the next step in our article said also identify distortions. Right. I think sometimes we, from an automatic thought, create our distortion, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I am thinking I'm a brand new therapist and I'm thinking I'm going to jump into private practice and it's going to be this way and I'm going to see 40 clients a week and I'm going to do these things and we have that in our brain, it's going to very quickly turn into this like distortion of like, one, that's not reality. No counselor I know wants to see 40 clients a week. True. (laughs) That's not, I mean, that's just not going to be reality. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think that happens, yes, with new clients. But I think also even, I mean, I've caught myself before thinking like, oh, my kids are all in school now. So my practice is going to shift this way. And I just keep telling myself that. Uh And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Well, I like that. That's different perspective that at first we were talking about this happens to people when they don't know Right. They don't know better, right. kind of is what we we're talking about, young counselors. Mm-hmm. But now we're saying, no, distortions can happen throughout your, your yeah. career that maybe it's some life change. You think, oh, I don't do that anymore. Right. You know, I have the luxury of this right. or I'm going to see more clients because mm-hmm. my kids are all in school. That Those might not all be reasonable thoughts. Right. right. So how do you do that? Or how do you do that with your supervisees? If you recognize a distortion in yourself or some, or a supervisee, what do you do to give more reality or perspective? Yeah, I think with myself, I try to go, okay, that was a great idea. We're not there yet. Or nope, it didn't work the way you thought it was. Just having grace. But I think with a supervisee, I'm much more likely to be like, oh yeah, let's think this through. Pause for a minute. <laughs> like how much further, you know, if have they thought further down the road than just yeah. what it feels like right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. I think maybe for myself, I try to do this, but definitely I'm doing this with clients and supervisees. That I can say it, but I think it you're more affected or you really believe it mm-hmm. if it comes from maybe more than one person. Right. Sometimes so if, it's the right person that says right. it. Right. So I I actually, oh, just this past week, I was talking to someone that I used to not supervise, but manage. And she just felt like the work expectation that I was giving her was so ridiculous. It was so not 
reasonable. Right. And I went, no, this is really reasonable for a full-time counselor. This is what, what you would do. Right. Right. Accounting for phone calls and mm-hmm. record keeping and all right. kinds of other things that counselors have to do. But these, this is about the number of hours, direct hours that you could expect a full-time counselor to be able to do in a week. She could not believe it. Right. I just talked to her recently and she said, would you believe I'm doing more than that now? Oh. <laughs> and I went, oh, wow. Right. Uh, are, are you, and I like, are you okay with that? Are you doing okay? She said, it is okay. I can do this. I did. I never would have thought that I could do it, much less a little bit more. Right. And I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she definitely, she told me, I did, totally did not believe you. I needed right. to see it from somebody else, hear it from somebody else. Right. So I think I try to do that with supervisees and clients, but I'm trying to think of how I might do that for myself. Mm-hmm. That I'm thinking, oh, I can do that. No, that is not reasonable. Right. Or... Of course, I can see that many clients or whatever the thing is. I maybe need to hear it from somebody else. Right. Maybe that's not completely doable. Right. I had a question actually this week from a supervisee. Last week, my schedule was a little disrupted. I was dealing with my dad's situation in the hospital and everything. And my supervisee asked me, so like, where did you put all those clients? Like, how did you fit them all in? Good question. And I was like, well... I thought that I was going to fit them in. I kept thinking yeah. that I was going to fit them in here or there or yeah. this or that. And then I realized I'm not going to reschedule with someone more than once. So it's much yeah. better to just cancel it and right. call it a week and yeah. just move on. I like that. That in that and what we're talking about and addressing that distortion, you were able to use yourself as an example right. that no, it is not always reasonable to just keep. It's not going to happen. Doing so. it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Maybe like the first year that I was really full-time in private practice, I thought Thanksgiving and Christmas, I am just going to make myself totally available <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to see all my clients and it's just going to work out really well. And I sat in the office by myself right. for a week. And no one basically. showed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably, and I did think mm-hmm. next, next year I'm doing this differently. Right. I don't know why I thought that was such a great idea. But that brings us to our next point challenging those distorted thoughts or those automatic beliefs. And so we do that sometimes for our supervisees by giving examples of ourselves or asking them to seek out another opinion. Right. Maybe. I think that's so important. Okay, well, we talked about it, but who else could you ask? Like, Mm -hmm. who else has been through this before? Or if they're at a clinic that has a different, you're not their manager, you know, Mm -hmm. then you can say, well, what, what, talk to the other people at work. What are they doing? I feel like recently we talked about I feel like I mentioned this on the podcast. I had a supervisee. It's been several years now. And we had tons of client things she wanted to talk about, but she looked really Oh, like, right. Yeah. Overwhelmed. Not okay. Right. Yeah. And I went, can we stop? What's happening? Mm-hmm. This is not the usual you that I see. And she said, I just feel like I can't get everything done. And I said, well, tell me what you're trying to do, what, mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then I went, oh, well, you can get everything right. done. That actually won't happen. Yeah, there's, I mean, unless you stop sleeping right. or something, that there was no way. So she needed someone else to say, oh, no, no, you were mm-hmm. right. The mm-hmm. feeling that you had right. was absolutely. That was real. Yeah. You can't do all those things in a single week or a mm-hmm. single day. Any other ways that you maybe challenge thoughts? I think reflecting, like kind of going further in, if I'm on a, if I'm on a path, distorted or not, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well, what do I... Like, how do I see this playing out? I think that's part of challenging it sometimes. It's like, okay, if I did this, if I rescheduled all my clients and saw everybody on Friday, what would that look like? And then go, wait a minute. 
who wants to see 12 clients on Friday? That's something yeah. a horrible idea. And who would show up, right? I mean, right. just start sco- yeah. like make myself play it out to the further like, uh-huh. like what, what am I getting out of this? And what are they getting out of it? Mm-hmm. They're not getting a therapist that is going to be on the ball by the time I've seen. Mm. Me personally, when I've seen six, sometimes seven clients, I'm done for the, like my brain is turned yes. off. Yes. I'm thinking right now I have someone that I talk to often, a counselor. And they do that to themselves all the time. They'll schedule like nine. Nope. Ten. That sounds horrible. And they plan, they expect that one or two of those will cancel. But shoot, what if it's the first one? Right. (laughs) What if it's just the first and then you still have nine in a row? And so I think what I would do for myself if I were silly and Mm -hmm. scheduling that many clients in a row back to back, I think I would make myself look back on that and think about how I felt and what I was doing and did I do so almost like using myself as the other opinion. Right. And going, oh, yeah, I felt miserable. Right. That was horrible. Don't yeah. That. Like I almost needed a whole day to recover. I mm-hmm. would. Mm-hmm. If I saw 10, 9, 10 in a row, I'd, yeah. I'd have to just take the whole next day off. Right. And you wouldn't be doing anything fun because you'd be mush on the couch. Right. <laughs> wouldn't be. Right. Okay. And so the last point in our article is rewrite your story. Maybe I was thinking, can you and I think of times where we have rewritten our work story and it was so much more impactful the way we rewrote it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. The time, I can think of one in particular. I was had lots of different, I mean, technically I had three jobs at the time. Mm-hmm. Private practice was one of them, but intentionally was keeping private practice was brand new and I was launching it, but I still needed yeah. to keep the lights on. So I had mm-hmm. two other jobs. And then I got to a point where my frustration tolerance for one of those jobs in the middle was this is just not worth it. But I was afraid to let it go because it was a financial kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then one day I just let it go because it was not mm-hmm. healthy anymore. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, but now I have time. My practice is growing and I can do these. Like all of a sudden these other pieces yeah. fell into place that at the time my brain couldn't consider that when you're working private practice, you're I was making double what I was making at the extra job that was keeping the lights on. Yeah. Well, yeah. it very quickly bounced out just fine. But mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't see that mm-hmm. solution mm-hmm. until you actually take that jump. Mm-hmm. Related to that, I guess. I think my private practice was seven or eight years old before I really felt like I really took any big, big risks. Mm-hmm. I was really careful. Right. I didn't sign a lease, put my name on a lease on right. anything. I was subleasing or mm-hmm. doing, you know, worked out an agreement with somebody. Right. I really didn't extend myself very much. And, uh, and financially right. or my time, I was careful and, and took steps that I was confident yeah and so not until maybe like nine eight nine years in Mm -hmm. was I faced with oh I think this is going to be the first big decision it's going to be the the big one and I really did psych myself out and think no I don't do this right this This is is, too real yeah this is not how I do things right um taking a risk what if right but I could rewrite that and think well, how would I, like you, how is it going to be any different or any bigger or any right. more fulfilling if I keep doing it the same way I've been doing it? So also realizing just like you did, it felt like a much bigger decision, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that really actually things didn't change that much. I wrote a different check to a different, different. place. Right. Other than that, it wasn't that dramatic. Mm-hmm. Also similar to your example, I had the, oh, the dream job, mm-hmm. the job I went, <laughs> I for years and years and years thought this would be the dream job and I would just be right. I mean, it, I, everything would be per fall into place and be perfect if I had this job and I got it. And I was pretty young 
And I stayed with it for a while and it was not the dream job. Right. But I could not let go of that idea. Because you had told yourself the entire mm-hmm. time, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm going. And it took five years. Wow, that's a long, you hang, You really hung in there. I did. <laughs> and and the, all five were pretty rough. A lot of coworkers coming and going and a lot of tears and mm-hmm. a lot of compromising myself. And when I did finally leave, I was almost instantly sleeping better. Oh, right. And feeling better. Mm-hmm. But it did take me a little while to be able to rewrite the story and be able to look back and realize myself included and most of my coworkers were physically not well mm. because of the job. Right. And that as people would leave, I kept in touch. Right. I could see they that they better. were getting better. They were <laughs> magically getting better. Right. Wow, you don't have migraines anymore? Yeah. Ever? That's what? strange. That's amazing for you. What What do you think is different? Right. <laughs> um, what I do every day, all day long. And so it took a while to be able to rewrite that and feel not just okay, but really good about leaving right. what I thought was the dream job. But it was that story needed to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, this sounds like an ongoing process for all counselors and supervisees that we do this throughout our careers and our process. Especially mental health. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks for listening today. Heather and I would love to hear about your work stories that you are have rewritten or maybe are ready to rewrite. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.